This is Matt Greller, CEO of AIM. Welcome to the Hometown Innovations Podcast. Join us as we share ways our municipalities are positioning themselves for the future, thought-provoking interviews with state and local leaders, and more. Thanks for listening as we tell the municipal story. Welcome to this episode of AIM's Hometown Innovations Podcast. This is Chelsea Schneider, AIM Municipal Innovation Specialist, and today I am in Jeffersonville with the city's public art administrator, Don Spiker, and city engineer, Andy Crouch, actually on site um, at the city's arts and cultural district. Really cool, vibrant area. And you're probably gonna hear a little bit of background noise on this podcast because we are near a project that they're doing today which is installing shade structures on a really cool artistically designed parking lot and play area in Jeffersonville. Tell me a little bit about the start of the Arts and Cultural District in Jeffersonville and what it really is for the city. Sure. Um, so a little bit uh, of a backstory. This is a, a pretty new thing for Jeffersonville, uh, six years new, actually. Um, our Public Art Commission formed uh, six years ago, as did our local 501c3 group, kind of at the same time. So what's been really working for us is those two groups have been working in tandem with each other on a lot of public art initiatives leading up to this point. Um, but probably within the last two years, we as a city have really considered this area down here of about 22 acres as potentially being an arts and cultural district. Um, and I think uh, Andy will chime in here, but what was once a lot of vacated buildings and dilapidated structures is quickly turning into some amazing uh, cultural assets for us. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The area of town that, we've, uh, that we're using for the arts and cultural district, what we're calling the NOCO district uh, north of Cork, uh, I wouldn't call it a blighted area, but it's an area that has uh, some vacant buildings. It has some rundown infrastructure in terms of streets and sidewalks, uh, has some vacant houses, and we're, the city's looking to use those uh, and really implement those uh, and leverage those in order to create this arts and cultural district. That's great. So a visitor to the arts and cultural district, um, tell me what they would see you know, when they're entering the district and what sort of projects you guys have up and running. Sure. I think that um, coming into the district, you can't miss the fact that it feels very different than any other place in our city. And by that, I mean, uh, we've got a beautiful river stage and riverfront. We have a very quaint and historic Spring Street. But once you cross North Accord Avenue into this NOCO district, you, you notice bright, vibrant colors. Uh, just a very whimsical feel. Um, everything plays off of our focal point, which is our 40-foot our water tank. We've been working very closely with Indian American Water uh, with that project, and we're appreciative of them for that. But you can't help but just feel and get a sense that it just is a different place. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you've got, you've got a lot of uh, property here, uh, some that we own, some, uh, like Don mentioned, that's uh, being kind of donated to us from other entities that they've said this we love what the city is doing here we want to be a part of it and uh, how can we help and we said yeah we'd love for you to help um, here's what we'd like to do we've taken a uh, old water tank that Indian American uh, was using and we're using it uh, for a huge huge public art piece that's great yeah it, it really looks awesome yeah. when you drive in 
You know, why is public art a focus for the city? What was the thought process behind, we have this area and this is what we're going to do with it? Um, I think that public art became a focus for the city. Like I said, it's, it's a six-year new thing for, for us and seeing what public art can do for us. We started with very small projects, low-hanging fruit like the um, utility box paintings, and we wanted to get a temperature, a read on our community to see if they liked that. And sure enough, they did, and they wanted more. Um, so we continued on with things beyond that and bigger and better each year, um, which really grew into what we're doing now. It really took starting you know, with something small and then growing into something um, much larger and much bigger than ourselves. We have to do as a holistic um, group of people together. I think it's been interesting with the low-hanging fruit that Dawn mentioned from starting five or six years ago that you, you brought that into a community that I don't think they knew that they wanted public art. And yeah. then, and they didn't know that, that that was even something that they could expect. And then they start seeing these these boxes, these utility boxes around town that are painted, and they're seeing some sculptures around town that have been installed. And they're going, "Hey, I, I like this. Can we do more? Can we mm -hmm. do more?" And um, they're putting pressure. Um, they're making phone calls to their their council representative, to the mayor's office, uh, mm -hmm. other entities, and just saying, "Hey, we want to see more of this. Can we do more? What's it going to take?" That's great. You know, public art. We're seeing it as a greater focus for cities and towns that run really the full gamut of mm -hmm. population. It's definitely becoming, when you think about quality of place in an area, what they're really trying to promote and insert into their community. What advice, you know, just because Jeffersonville has had such great success with your arts and cultural district, what advice do you have maybe to a municipal official just starting out in this sort of um, you know realm of public space what are kind of the tips and tricks you know yeah. you guys have learned along the way I've, so. got, I've got some thoughts on that I think um, for, for a community just starting out we were very lucky to have a councilman that was very passionate about this six years ago Nathan Samuel um, came forth and said hey I'd like to champion um, the Public Art Commission let's get this started and let's let's really look at this for what it could be. So my first bit of advice would be to find someone on council or some leaders in the community that could really help to spearhead and get things started. Um, my second bit of advice as an artist myself is try to um, start with those low-hanging fruits. It's hard to start with a huge piece because they're expensive and there's uh, a lot of moving parts, but if you start with some small things it makes it more manageable, more doable. And I think my third bit of advice, and I think this is um, very important, is um, yes, look to other communities and um, you can borrow some of those ideas, but make them your own. It's very important to make it true to your community. You know, think about the history and the heritage that you have. How can you tie those pieces into um, your own community's cultural strengths? You know, you really want things that say your community not someone else's i would agree i don't uh, i think hit on a lot of the topics that i think i would have mentioned um she didn't hit on one that i think is extremely important though uh, and that's herself uh don started uh not as a public not as a public art administrator um two years ago and said what can we do she started six seven years ago and just as a volunteer saying hey as a community member as a member of a nonprofit uh, organization here in the city 
can we do some stuff? Can we start working with the city? We're, we're not part of the city, but we're just some people that want to do art in the city. Uh, we want to work with them. And when she mentioned, mentioned Nathan Samuel uh, championing this, I would say she was right along there, uh, alongside him doing the same thing and, and really pushing this uh, to make it happen. That's great. When you look at the long-term prospects of the arts and cultural district and your vision, you know, for the area, when you think, you know, down the road, I mean, what are you hoping it kind of grows into? Um, we, we talked a lot about uh, internally uh, within City Hall, but also in a lot of the, um, the local business meetings about the fact that we have so many visitors coming across our walking bridge. As a matter of fact, I think our ped counts is something like a million a year come across. Uh, mm, it's like a hundred thousand a month. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. So we, people come into those shops a lot and they love the quaint streets and they love the river stage and they love the riverfront, but they always would ask, okay, now what else is there? This is really great. What else is there? So I feel like, and I think a lot of us agree, we've talked about this, is this gives us that what else. This is definitely, um, you know you've entered a different area in the city when you step into this um, district. It, like I had said before, it just looks different, it feels different. Um, so it gives our visitors and our community members just something else that's very special. But beyond that, um, I think the programming down here can be dynamic. I mean, we've got a, um, the Clark County History Museum, I'm looking at them through your window right now. We've got a maker space with high-tech equipment. We've got a fantastic art center filled with um, our volunteer group of artists that work um, diligently with our community members every month. You know, we've got a vintage fire museum behind us. We have just so many elements within this district that are kind of quirky and unique and that all really work well together. Um, so I think this can be just a, a very, uh, not only a draw regionally, but I think it would be just a nice example for other communities to see and really understand how one community came together with truly grassroots efforts and have grown something from scratch. Like we didn't have something here to start with, we built it. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with all, all of those things. The only thing I would, I think I would add is, you know, Dawn talked about the low-hanging fruit earlier, and I think a lot of communities are probably doing that. They're doing art pieces here. They're, they have an art center that they're creating art. We've gone huge. I mean, we've got people that are coming to us saying, hey, I just flew in from out of town. I, we were you know, on an airliner jet flying into Louisville right across the river, and people are looking out their window, looking down at this huge uh, water tank and this huge parking lot that we painted and saying what what is going on down there what is that i've got to go check that out so i, I think that's really neat that we're getting visitors from not just louisville but from uh, all over coming in uh and wanting to know what is going on over there i needed to, i wanted to look at that that was intentional yeah. we knew we wanted something we bright did. and we knew we wanted it to be seen from an aerial perspective as well well great well i really appreciate your all's time you know definitely at a work site today so describe to me what's what's happening out there you're hanging the the shade structures back for the yeah community. we we've got we've got uh, around our fire museum lot we have painted the entire lot uh one half the lot is uh is painted uh bright colors but it's a parking lot and the south side of the lot is again same similar colors uh but it's all set up for as a play lot it's got games and activities on it right now we are putting up uh, some shade sails on some poles that we've had erected uh, just to give a little bit of relief from the heat uh, for anybody that's visiting. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it.
Thank, Thank you. you Chelsea.